okay. Yes. Oh, so crazy. Wow. Incredible. Incredible. Simply incredible. Incredible. Wow. We're here. It's, is, it, is it still Wednesday? It's still Wednesday. The class is wild today. I feel a wild anointing, fiery anointing. We, we must disrupt all normalcy today. Make sure that the Rev and Rev Formation tent continually hears the joy of the sound of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. We just had an amazing moment. I wasn't here for it, but by faith. Teaching moment, didn't we? On prophecy. How many believe that you are now an actual prophetess if you're a lady? Wow. What a teaching. That's incredible. Just write that. Boom. Amazing. Okay. So with that in mind, we should probably just close it up. But uh, <laughs> looking good. I'm a prophet this morning or a prophetess. Positive. Um, definitely want to put that on your uh, Facebook or Instagram. Just kind of maybe you with a spooky face. A little eagle dubbed in there and say, I have a new job. I am a prophet. So cool. Okay, we're going to talk about original design. And you are going to pray for each other's original design and blow each other up. And it's going to cause holy ruckus. We're going to have a ton of fun. And let's get down to business. This is not in Salvation Encounter. It's in the Freedom Manual, which I know you long to even hold. I only brought 10 of them. I'm going to sell them on Thursday. The first 10 people that come will get one for 10 bucks, and that's about the cost of the book. So, uh, and I will not sign it because uh, I feel that's cheesy. Okay, so that's his personal preference. Okay, so look, here's what's going on with original design. I want to tell you the backstory because it means more. Is Christy and I, my, my wife is named Christy. Hi, Christy. She's not here. Okay, but Christy and I, when Christy went into this crazy moment, she fasted. I told you about it. She she got hit with this fiery, burning ear. Prophecy lands on her. In that moment, we get, we began to pray for people. Anyone would come over to our house. We they'd get either bone delivered, set free. And one of the things that would happen over that period of time is we would say, "Man, God, what is it? How do you feel about this person?" And so we did about a thousand people that way. And at the end of that time, we coined the term original design, meaning we've never prayed for one person anywhere in the earth that had a bad original design. It was the weirdest thing ever. No matter who we met on the streets, could be like super wealthy businessman, super poor person in the laundromat. When God wanted to speak to them about their original design, it was always original. Did you get the first point? In other words, when you really were with someone who was Hearing from God, it wasn't like, oh, man, you're like, you're like a mountain that has hills, and I see mountain goats going up your hill, and it means that you're part of God's big picture mountain. You know, and then you're like, and I, have you ever been able to say the same prophetic thing to like 15 people in a row, and you're just like, come on, that's a pocket prophecy. You're just pulling it out, saying the same thing. I've been around that. People, a lot of people come up to me and go, like, depending on what age I've been, I've been Joshua for a long part of my life, just taking ground, taking ground. Just take that ground. Joshua, come here. Come here, Joshua. Stand right here. I'm going to tell you what you do. What do I do? 
You just take ground. Okay, amen. Wow, you're hearing from God. Praise the Lord. Then there was a season where I was David. Everybody points to me like the old lady would point to me, David. No, you're not Brian. You're David. Come in from the back of the field. It's time to receive your anointing. Okay, and so I'd come in. I would stand there, and I would receive the Davidic anointing, which seemed overwhelming because I had to run a kingdom then, I'd kill a bunch of dudes. Um, first of all, I'd take on Goliath, make sandwiches for my brother. And so I just kind of shut down then, but I was always David. And you know when you get, sometimes when you get a prophetic word that doesn't quite a ring true, you, you, you instead of saying, man, I don't know what you're talking about, you get fear of man and you go like, man, amen, that's good. I am David. <laughs> Praise the Lord, man. Amen, amen, amen. See you later. And so what we want to do in original design is we want God to speak in highly accurate and unique ways to each person that means something. And we want to go past that generic uh, prophetic word to specific words. And so I'm going to give you a little teaching on that, maybe 90 minutes, 100 minutes long teaching and uh, very slow, grind it out, uh, you know, minute by minute, second by second, every word counts. Just have you take notes in your journal, voice memo me and video me. So look forward to that next 90 minutes of your life. It'll be very slow, <laughs> very slow. So by the time you get your original design, you won't care what it is. Someone can say, man, I just see, I see a light bulb, man. He'll start crying. At least Brian's done, man. I'll be a light bulb. Okay, so praise the Lord for these mid-mornings. Turn to the person next to you and say, no, it's not 90 minutes. It's short. Not 90 minutes. It's short. It's short. We got to get to prayer. All right, number one, this is true whether you feel like it or not, whether someone said it to you with a cheesy smile before, this is, doesn't matter. It's still true that God does have an incredible purpose for your life. He does. Number two, that incredible purpose is not perfect, meaning it's not roses every day. There's trials, there's sufferings, there's things that we go through. But that does not mean that God is not going to work out even those things for his greater good. So every person here has a great purpose. Turn to the person next to you and say, your purpose is incredible. And so are you. So are you. So are you, dude. All right. I don't know. I'm just getting this. How many of you guys have ever done a wedding? I've done hundreds and hundreds of weddings. It's so fun to do weddings. Kind of fun. Sometimes funner. But I don't know. Whenever I go public at a wedding, and I had that feeling just now and I had to check, I have this emergency feeling that happens to me like, oh, no. Oh, no. How are my pants doing? I'm just like, <laughs> everything goes like that. And I just had that feeling just now like, Oh, my gosh. I don't remember. Like, did I? Yes, I'm good. You don't understand that until you start doing weddings. It's embarrassing because everything's on film. And then you just start kind of moving around like, oh, there's a bee. There's a bee. It's good. I got the bee. We're good. We're good. We're good. You got to just check to make sure everything's zipped up. All right. So, and I've done lots of weddings before where lots of people needed that B activity uh, to fix wasn't, what wasn't working. But we've, we've been created, back to the material, we've been created by the Lord, right? And what we've been created for, number one, is to have a very close relationship with Jesus Christ. These are the basics. 
We, need to, we have a close friendship with Jesus. And the purpose of that close friendship, right, is many things. But one of the things that your Father in heaven loves and delights in you is when you and I agree with him over who we are. Nothing more challenging for us, even at your age, if you know someone is so talented at something, so amazing at something, and they're arguing back, or they're like, no, I'm not really that good at that. And you're just like, no, man. I mean, you did that. It was so beautiful. And doesn't it give you joy when someone receives that compliment and says, man, thank you so much. It means the world. God's given me this gift to do that, and I love doing it, and it makes me feel great when I do it. And it's really healthy, isn't it? God wants us to be healthy receivers of his original design for us, right? Not arguers that we don't deserve it or we don't really get it. So Ephesians 2.10 is kind of our core verse, Ephesians 2.10. It says this, we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew. And so that's a familiar verse. You know it. But the word for masterpiece is an original. It means in the Greek, it's like an original piece of art. So every human being created is an original piece of art, original DNA, an original calling, an original reason that it's here on earth at this time. And so it's exciting when you're about to hear about your original design because there's a specific purpose and a specific way that God has made you that is so important for the history of the world at this time. All right, let's keep going. From one man he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live, Acts 17, 26. So the Bible says he set your times. Turn to the person next to you and say, he set your times. He set your times. That's right. And he knows the exact place that you should live. Isn't that wild? You will move somewhere, and you'll be like, oh, I love it. We made this decision. But it was the angels of heaven that were moving you to that location that God had determined for you. Isn't it awesome that you are not a random project on the earth, but God has exactness in your calling, in who you are, where you're living, and your times are what they are. You shouldn't be worried about dying because God has your de death date all handled, and you're not going to die before God says you're going to die. Isn't that great? Because he's set your times. He set your times. Your plane might be flying upside down to your outreach. Upside down, literally, you're just, you're just in a, in a sh shoulder harness just going, man, this isn't what I expected. But you shall not die. That might be a great time for a crazy quiet time but that you grow further in Christ than you ever have. But God has set your times. And unless he specifically said, I'm taking you home on this plane, just keep worshiping God because he's got more to do. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you. Who knows them? God knows them. He, de he declares it. What are they plans for? Wholeness, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Every one of us, God has a future, a hope, and he has a plan of wholeness. If you're not fully healed from some past stuff, check it out. Wholeness is on your agenda, and he's going to bring it. He might bring it through a ninth grader coming by and bringing you a candy bar and a note that says, you're the man, and that heals you. He might have a prayer team pray for you. It might come in a quiet time, but God will heal you of your past. That is what he set in motion for you. So it's critical that you and I agree that we've been created for a great purpose. Nobody in this room has a boring purpose in Jesus Christ. Your personality is not boring. It is unique. 
set apart. Your abilities are unique and set apart. And that's what original design is all about. And when you get saved, now that original design can get put in action. Because the power of the Holy Spirit is in you. Now all that was there from the foundations of the earth gets activated. And you can suddenly become and live out what was impossible before. How many of you are surprised at how nice you are now compared to where you were at before Christ? Yeah, right? I, how many of you are cussers? You know, like you could cuss a pretty good cuss. You could combo it. We call it comboing, you know, like, you know, I'll take fries, I'll take, you know, a shake, whatever. You know, you can just bring those words together and you could just get busy. How many of you spoke cuss language, meaning you couldn't really say I'd like to have a bowl of cereal with milk. You had to bring cussing involved in the bowl of cereal and milk. Yeah, yeah. And, and it just was part of part of what you did. You got up in the morning, you got out of bed, and you just kind of met the day with a cuss word, you know, like, just like, boom. And just that was how you did it until you met your master, Lord, and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he said, I love you so much. I'm going to create you brand new. And then after you were saved, you tried to get out of bed and do what you always did. And you just kind of like, uh, I don't want to do that anymore. And you found yourself saying something totally you thought you'd never say. Praise the Lord. All right, you got a brand new hard drive. Raise your hand if that hard drive felt right when you got that hard drive. Oh, man, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Man of God. Man of incredible. Okay, so every one of us has been designed like an exquisite race car by the Holy Spirit. You, you literally have that engine in your tank, and God's salvation is fueling it. Psalms 92. Before the mountains were born or you gave birth to the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. God gave birth to, to literally to the earth. If God gave birth to the earth, that's one of his babies. And you're one of his babies. And the earth is as dialed out as it is. How can you be the one baby that isn't dialed out? Almost through it. It's insane. You cannot be. Don't insist on being, you know, oatmeal when God has made you filet mignon, baked potato, asparagus, a lobster on the side. Put it away. Put away that plain oatmeal from Quaker Oats. Put it out of there in the name of Jesus. Don't make me preach that style. Start shaming the devil and things. Turned into Christoph. Thank you, God. Has Christoph preached in here yet? A little bit. Yeah, he's just warming up probably, right? Okay. He's always warming up for something great. So we have a strategic purpose, and I want to hammer on that just for a minute. When you get your original design, God has given you in the Bible, everybody in the Bible had a great purpose. Look at 2 Timothy 1.9, who saved us, called us with a holy calling, not according to what we could do, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. In other words, we have been sa he saved us, called us, and we have a holy calling. Everyone say it. I have a holy calling. Proverbs 16.4, the Lord has made everything for its own purpose. Proverbs 19.21, many are the plans in the mind of a mind. Whoa. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Isn't it amazing? When, has anyone here backslid a little bit or a lot of bit in Christ? Meaning you knew salvation, you were born again, you were flowing, hands were in the air in worship, but the devil tempted you, and you ended up with three or four drinks in front of you, acting not like you were acting 
when you're completely surrendered to Christ. Don't raise your hand if that was you. Raise both hands. Okay, all right, so that's you. But in truth, Holy Spirit lie detector test, is it not amazing that when you were in a state of backsliddenness that the Holy Spirit could still slip into your mind, you don't belong in here, you need to get out of here. Did you, did, did, does anybody got a pinky wave on that one? You, you got hit and you were shocked, you were four beers in, but you were stunned that there was a megaphone in heaven that was not listening to alcohol, that was not listening to a bad boyfriend or a bad girlfriend situation, but was simply getting in. You need to leave her. You need to leave him. You need to get out of there. I've called you. And you wanted to obey that call. And eventually, if not then, that's why you left a backslidden life and came home to Jesus Christ. Is that not true? Is that not true? That's because God called you with a holy calling. And God's no joker. When he calls a holy calling, he'll, he'll put you in the lion's den to straighten it out. He'll, he'll call a whale to pull up to the curb and just pop you right in it and let you go sailing for three days and spit you out in the right place where you belong. You can be dating the wrong girl, sir, and you can just have the local whale pick you up and you become Jonah and you can get spit out right in front of the godly woman's house with a Bible in your hand and tears in your eyes and say, oh, my gosh, what do I do? And God will cause that woman to come out of the house and prophesy over you that you are no knucklehead, but you're going to change the world. And from that day on, you go change the world. God doesn't need a lot of help to get you to where you're going. He's got so many angels, more than myriads, which means infinity of angels are working for him. So don't downsize what God can do to get you to your calling. Have you ever wrestled? Do we have any professional wrestlers? Like, I don't know if God said it. God said it. I don't know if God said it. I don't know. Did he say it? Did he not say it? God, I don't know. Did, was it your voice? I could have made it up. I don't know. God. Any Jacobs here? Any Jacobs here? I don't know what the female version of a Jacob is in the Old Testament. Would that be like Jacobus, Jacoby, uh, Jill, Jilby, Jilby, just wrestling that angel? I'm not going to do it, I'm going to do it, and I'm not going to do it. Then, boom, God does a little work on your leg. You start limping around, and you get a new name, and you enter your calling. What I'm telling you is don't put so much stress on you missing your calling. Put more confidence in God getting to your calling because God's going to get you to your calling. Original design today is about a hug from Jesus Christ saying, yeah, I know you. Yeah, I know you, and I've got some incredible exploits set apart for you. And I'm going to get you there. It's a strategic purpose. Say it out loud to somebody. I've got a strategic purpose. Okay. Now, Daniel 11.32 is awesome. Daniel 11.32. Say what time is it? It's 11.32. It's Daniel time. Daniel says this. But the people, this is so crazy and good and awesome. This, somebody should get a tattoo on their shirt. All right? On their shirt. On their shirt. Old Testament stuff, you know, tattoo stuff. We'll get into that later, a couple hours on tattoos. Um, yeah, just, just grind it out. Just get into it. Just get into it. Get angry and just get into it. Call things out. Get stuff erased and put new stuff on, whatever we got to do. But the people who know their God shall be strong. That's a promise. When you know God, you are strong. And what do you do? You carry out great exploits. So when you have intimacy with God, you become strong and you carry out exploits. 
Can I get a witness from somebody in this room that knows God? You will do great exploits. You can't not do great exploits when you're hanging out with God. As much as you know God, you well, I don't know God that much. I've only been here three weeks, and you should have seen me six weeks ago. Okay, I'm really sad. I'm tearing up. Oh, tears passed. But here's, here's what's happening. You're here now. You're getting to know God like crazy. You're praying and worshiping more than you ever. I'm going to backslide when I get home. That wasn't God. That was the local demon. He has horns, and he just stopped by. And he said, you're going to backslide. You're not who you say you are. What about that bottle of rum? You drank it all in one night. Okay, okay, enough. I've nailed it to Batman's uh, cross. No, Jesus' cross by Batman Sano. And it's done. Your past is done. Where are you going to be in nine, nine weeks? You're going to be driving the van away to the airport, worshiping your guts out, on fire for God, and you're telling me that the minute you get around a bunch of old secular friends that drink Miller Lite, that you are going to immediately go, I'm not a Christian. I'm going to go get some of that Miller Lite. Just get it up. Get it up. There it is. You're going to go right back. You're going to get out of the airport at home in Kentucky, and there's your junior high dance mate from the junior high dance, the Sadie Hawkins dance. And you're going to look at her and say, it's so funny. Her name's Jezebel, but I don't think it has anything bad. But I am wandering over there, and we're going to get some coffee. Are you serious? You are that afraid of backsliding. It is harder to backslide than to front slide. you got to be really clever to run away from something this good back to a bunch of goofy stuff. Come on now. Miller Lite? Miller Lite? <laughs> Say it like you mean it, man. i got to get my book. I'm getting upset. I'm a guy. Calm down, Brian. Calm down. This is DTS. No, for real, right? The girl that never treated you right. She never remembered your birthday. All she wanted, she was a tick, 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 taker. And she's waiting for you at the airport because she wants to return your sweatshirt that you never wanted. And you're like, and instantly like, I forgot all about DTS. Let's go to Denny's and get pancakes. Are you really that smitten with backsliddenness? No. You're going to just say, hey, you know what? Don't need this shirt. Don't need this shirt. I'm on a mission for Jesus Christ. I am born again. Now let me present the gospel to you. You need to know Jesus Christ. Ladies, if you go back, and there he is sitting in that pickup truck. Forty cases of Miller Lite in the back. A picture of you on the volleyball team. Just like, I just was looking at this picture, and I knew we needed to go out and drink 40 cases of beer the minute you got home from DTS. Are you really going to get in the truck and go, I totally forgot about healing the sick, casting out demons, worshiping God, praising God? Are you crazy? You'll be like, I ain't got time for this. I ain't got time for this. I ain't got time for this. Do you know who Jesus Christ is? And you'll start preaching to the man. And if you get saved right then, say, oh, that's great, you're saved. But you need to go do a DTS before I'd even talk to you for one minute. Ain't got time. Talk to the hand. Talk to the hand. 
Talk to the hand. It, it can talk right back. All right. No, we should not be afraid of backsliding because God has great exploits wherever we are because we know our God and God has great exploits. Original design touches on this, touches on this. And so how do you get to know your design? Number one, I always find mine in the Bible. That's my number one. That's my go-to move. I want to find out what God says to me. Number one in the Bible, he says I'm a child of God. I lock in on that. Lock in. I'm a child of God 24-7. I'm a royal heir, meaning I'm part of a kingdom family. I'm a prince in that kingdom. I'm royalty. So I don't walk around beating myself down with self-hatred or shame. I say I am in the kingdom. I may not feel like it, but I'm a royal heir, and I'm going to be in this kingdom in heaven. It starts on earth. I'm an ambassador of Christ. Everywhere I go, I feel like I've got a note in my back pocket i got to pull out and tell someone what the king is saying that day. I know I'm a saint. You may not think so, but the Bible says I am. Ephesians 1.1, 1, 1, shame the devil on that. Full righteous in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.21, that God's given me his righteousness. I get to walk around with the, the clothes and robes of righteousness. And the other thing I always know is I'm an enemy of the devil, 1 Peter 5.8. I, I know the devil hates me. He doesn't like me. He's mad at me. He doesn't want me freeing you this quickly from simple bondage, and then now you're going to free the masses. He's so ticked off at me, and I need to know that he is my enemy. Easy. Okay, you're my enemy. Enough of that. I don't, I don't have anything to say about that. I don't really speak to you. Jesus does. In the name of Jesus, devil, please don't bother me. I'm up here having fun. So, Christian, we have a crazy original design. So I'm going to call my gal. I'm going to put her on FaceTime, and I'm going to pray for one of you. We're going old school. Let me see if I can find her. Let's find something really crazy fun to do. Why not just have a demonstration of Jesus on the stage and then go nuts praying for each other? Whew. Praise God. I feel the wind of the spirit. Oh, it's the wind outside. God. Hey, Christy. Guess what I'm doing? We'll put you on speaker. Fiery crew. Fiery crew, yeah. Uh, this whole crew is going to Peru, One Day, One Nation, Insanity. So we need to call someone up for original design. Is there, is there someone that would like to come up and get, can you, can you pick someone for us? Call her out by name. Holiday. Oh, yeah, yeah, why not? Come on. Oh, I know who you are. I know my glasses off. Come on up here, girl. All right. All right. This is my wife, Christy. Say hi. Hi. I'm from Norway. Oh, wow. Okay, here we go. What's your name? Anne. Anne. Anne of Green Gables. I don't know. I just made that part up. That's why we call it Christy. Can you imagine the original design if I gave it to you? You'd be like, you're like what? Moses. Okay, um, Christy, are you ready? Lord, we pray, we pray for Anne. In the name of Jesus, that you would speak to her original design. We're stoked. Heaven, come down. We pray for heaven to come down. Open up over this place, Lord. We don't want a spiritual exercise. We want to encounter you, Jesus. We're hungry for you, and we want it to break out in this class in Jesus' name today. May it be a historic day of God's love encountering this room. Oh, uh, Anne is 
Just number one. Lord, that is so good. We just affirm that. Do you agree with that? Number one, bingo, strategic thinker. In Jesus' name, Lord, architect, pushing things forward, Lord. We just pray for more, God, the more of the original design. In Jesus' name, Lord, keep pouring out the rain. Thank you, God. Wow. Does that agree with you? Yeah. All right. So far, two for two. You want to go for one more, Christy? Lord, just pray for one more original design, how you see Anne in Jesus' name. powerful how do you feel about that i like it yeah it's true right all right so there are three tell us what the three things are again about you strategic thinker i I forgot the second one oh catalyst i like that one Bold. bold catalyst that's even better and the last one is compassionate yeah you move by compassion move by compassion does that bear witness to your soul yes it does Wow, Chrissy, that's amazing. Are you getting one more thing? Wow, bringing peace, reconciliation. Do you love to bring people together? Okay, that's amazing. What an amazing gifting. I mean, tremendous. Wow. I'm going to pray for you. Can I pray for you? Can I put my hand on your shoulder? Lord, thank you so much for Ann, God. We affirm as a family, Lord, that we've heard from heaven today. God, this young woman is a bold catalyst, a strategic thinker, one who will push things forward, Lord, one who will not sit on her hands, Jesus, one when she sees the need, she's going to meet the need, and she's going to continue to repeat meeting the needs when she sees them, God. We thank you that she's moved out of compassion. She's moved out of empathy, Jesus. We thank you that she brings peace to those around her. 
Lord, when she sees division or she sees broken relationships, she's one that brings reconciliation and brings peace together, God, on teams. We just bless Anne, God. Would you give her her assignment, God, while she's even in Kona? Will you expand that and begin to bring clarity to it so that she can wander and walk all over this earth, bringing, just wreaking havoc on the enemy's kingdom and expanding the kingdom of God? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Anne. Praise you. Praise God. Okay, so we see in original design, especially when I'm praying with Christy, it's so fun for us to do together, is there's a li- you really want to set up the time by, number one, watch this, having faith. So you're, we're going to put teams together now, and it's important. We're going to call the person a, the quarterback just for a simple. The quarterback is going to drive the time. And I was the quarterback in this example. And so I was saying, God, we're ready, to, we're ready for you to speak. I, I was really praying. Could you see? I wanted faith. Heaven come down. So if you're, if you're the quarterback in that position, you're really there to just say, God, we need to hear from you. And then your team around you will position themselves to hear quietly from the Lord. And then as the quarterback, after a little bit, you say, who's heard something? Let's begin to share it. And the last thing the quarterback does is if there's something that needs interpretation, did you see me do that? I was saying, okay, what, what's this about uh, peacemaking, those things? I begin to apply it, bring a little more richness to it. And then at the end, the quarterback puts their hands with the team over that person. And what the best thing is, is praying that prayer over them. They are these things. And even greater at the end, if we had more time, is for Anne, if we had more time, it would have been for Anne, you can do this later, is for her to declare it out loud for herself. Because that just seals it in her soul. The prayer, the, the, the thing. Is there a man out here we can pray for? So you get a girl and a guy right here in the front, number 20. Come on up here. There he is. Come, sta- come stand up here. I'm Brian. Michael. Michael. Everybody likes Michael, it seems like. That's great. I want you to be my wife here. Michael, this is Christy. She's home. Number 20. Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders, football shirt on. Where are you, where are you from? I'm from New Zealand. Right from on. New Zealand. Let's pray for his design, shall we? Lord, we just thank you for, what's your first name? For Barry Sanders, in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. No, for Michael. God, we love him, Lord. You love him. We pray for open heavens above him, Lord. We don't want another, we don't want anything surface level, Lord. We want Holy Spirit power to go deep within his heart, God, and begin to fill him with your love, God. We thank you for the exploits that lay in front of him, God, the holy calling on him in Jesus' name, Lord. What is his original design, Lord? Speak to it. That's my German shepherd. He, he sensed the Holy Spirit <laughs> and began to react to it. He's filled. Amy uh, Ward prayed for the dog, so the dogs are baptized.
get there first. So I just saw um, you have you are really driven in your spirit and competitive. But as long as things stay fun, like as soon as the competitiveness got dirty, you were you were out. So I just saw that God has put a pretty big engine in you to want to drive to win. Yes, God, thank you so much, Lord. This drive to win, Lord, this drive to do it, though, not at the expense of fun. We just thank you for this rare combination, Lord, of, of ingredients in, in his soul, God. We just pray, keep speaking in Jesus' name. Your excitement's contagious. Your faith is contagious. Um, you're you're uh, a coach and a um, rallier. You get everybody going. There's a lot of witnessing to that. Coach and a rallier, activator. Let's go one more. Lord, we just pray for one more original design. In Jesus' name, Lord, thank you for speaking. In Jesus, we ask you to open up prophecy from this morning's lecture both on original design and the one prior. And then, Lord, you would just open up our ears to hear from you like we've never heard before for our friends. We just pray, Lord, for an anointing of original design, explosion, and fire and fragrance this morning, God. Thank you, Christy. Hold, just stay right there. Let's pray that out. You want to pray that out? Yeah. Just everything that God said about you, you declare it, and then, then just beat on that hesitation on the end for bonus. Dear God, I thank you that I'm so driven, and I've got such an engine, an engine for revival. God, I claim that and receive that in Jesus' name, but not at the expense of fun. Um, I thank you for the second word, which was something I'm still remembering. Catalyst activator, yeah, that's right. I thank you so much, God, that I'm an activator, and I'm going to activate spirits. I'm going to awaken hearts and lives for revival and transformation in communities. In Jesus' name, and also um, friendship, God, I thank you for the heart you've given me for friendship and mentorship of young people. I just declare leadership over my life, and that I will pull people up from the dust in Jesus' name, and we break off all hesitation over my life right now. Declare more boldness, God. I receive more boldness right now, and I declare boldness over everyone in this building right now in Jesus' name. Full measure, just bring more Jesus over these awesome students. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Come on, baby. All right, Christy, we're going to let you go, but 
I want you to give a passing shot. You know, it was a while that 2012, Christy was in Kona, Hawaii, and uh, she was just in her journal writing, and it was in her journal that day that she wrote, in Orlando, the, this, in Orlando was the start of a, a great move of God in that um, what was coming to Orlando. And it was that word that really penetrated my heart, um, Andy's heart, Amy's heart, and ended up penetrating Lou's heart. And I think while we're practicing hearing God's voice, Christy, when you were hearing God that day, how do you prepare your heart to hear? Are there any bonus things that you could tell us, even two or three? One thing that you do when you're getting ready to hear God's voice. Tell us some of the secret formula. <laughs> One thing is, um, is the discipline of sitting quiet, which is honestly really hard for me. I, I always want to keep busy doing something. And I think just to sit before the Lord to be patient to hear is an ingredient that is, is sometimes harder to do in actuality than in theory. The second thing is making sure my own heart is right. And um, just any way that I have wandered off any principles of scripture, I just own it and get rid of it as a lifestyle. And then I just make sure that I'm in faith, that I don't have any unbelief operating in any of the way that I am viewing a situation. Because God's able to do anything, so he'll speak big things when we believe for him. Christy, could you just pray an impartation over this whole company? that we could hear God's voice today like we've never heard before. Uh, we've had a teaching on prophecy already. This is a perfect storm. Could you pray an impartation that literally a mantle of prophecy would fall on every single student here, and then we'll let you go. Jesus, we know that hearing from you is a complete act of grace on your part, and that you long to speak to your children. You said your sheep will know the sound of your voice. And so just like a shepherd that is so familiar, God, with the sheep, we pray that we would be so tenderized and sensitive to your voice and the way that you are leading and operating. I pray, God, right now that your own hand would come and touch the ears of these men and women, that this generation would be so attuned to your voice. We pray, God, that you would land on that room right now that those ears would be sharpened to hear the faintest whisper of your voice in Jesus' name. We pray that you would just blow open the prophetic over the underneath this tent right now in Jesus' name. People would hear designs like they've never heard before. They would feel promptings like they've never heard before. That you would just move like a wave across these men and women now. We just pray, God, that you would alight on them like fire in Jesus' name. Do it, Lord. Babe, we love you so much. We're going to pray for you now in your Lyme's disease. You're going to get feeling good by the sand. God, we just lift up Christy, and we just pray, God, that this Lyme's disease, that it's, it's come to an end. It's come to an end. The season of the sand is upon us. It's time for her to go. It's time for her to travel. It's time for her to do the things that you have put in her heart to do. And we just ask, Lord, that you would dry up that disease today, and it would be wiped out of her body, God. And new energy would come. And for every harassing demon, we kick it in the face in Jesus' name and say, God, she is a free woman, ready for action, ready to move in boldness. We honor her. As you say in the Bible, to honor the prophets among us, Lord, and we do honor her as a prophetic voice in the YWAM mission, God. Thank you, Christy, for your work at the send. We bless you 
not only as my wife, but we bless you as a friend of God. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we'll talk to you later, babe. See you later, girl. Okay. All right, so we want to break up in our, in our groups. What I could see, no more than groups of four. Um, and how many of us have ever seen a vision from the Lord or a picture? Raise your hand. Okay, so if you've seen a picture or a vision from the Lord, could you get out of your chairs, uh, you know, relatively quickly, not an emergency, but just come up here so we can build teams? Because we want to have some prophetic voices with some coaches on each team so that it has some fire to it. So just kind of line up here or just mosh pit it up here. Um, all right. So now for those of us that are more like me, that are more like a quarterback, would you raise your hand from the audience if you feel like more that's your job? If you feel like more that's your, in the audience. All right. So what I want is for you guys up front that are practicing hearing God's voice, will you grab one person from the audience right now? Go ahead and grab. Just partner up. Would you guys get everybody from the audience partnered with one of you? Do that first part. You're crushing it. You're killing it. This is awesome. Just a little setup inconvenience. We're going to get it down. Does everybody join together with one person? If you're left out, would you wave? Okay, now you should all be in teams of two. Now, I'll, listen to me real carefully. I want your team of two to join one other team of two to form a team of four. And then I want you to have a seat somewhere in the room as a team of four. Go ahead and do that. Form a team of four and sit down in the room somewhere. Your teams can be two guys, two girls, four girls, four guys. It's, it's, it's however, you, however you've arranged it is fine. Does anybody need another team of two? Raise your hand. Oh, right behind you. Uh, fellas, right behind you. I'm seeing some hands go up. Okay. Is everybody in position? You, back, you guys back there need two more? All right. I think, are they on their way? Very nice. Very nice move on their part. Okay. What I want you to do now... Uh, would you pick one person on your team to be a quarterback? Go ahead, pick the quarterback. Who wants to be that person that's going to open in prayer? Raise your hand if you've been checked out as the quarterback. Raise your hand. We want to keep this organized. All right, you all there? I see every hand. Great, that's awesome, guys. Okay, number two, some things are going to be said that you're going to want to be able to write down. You may not have time to write. If anyone has a phone, would you get your voice memo out so that you can you can send them the file afterward? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got you. I got you. While you're getting out your phone, uh, give me your attention one more time. The quarterback, I'm going to demonstrate what you do right now. The first thing quarterback does is, hey, everybody in my group, we're going to pray for this person first. So first thing you do, quarterback, is pick out who are you going to pray for first as a group. Go ahead and do that right now. All right, have you done that? Awesome. 
Okay, number two, the quarterback. What you're going to do is you're going to invite the presence of God into your time. You're going to lead out and pray and say, team, we need the presence of God. You're going to pray that prayer of faith. God, will you speak? Will you bring faith to our team right here? Why don't you practice that right now? Go for a a 30-second wild opening prayer, quarterback, over your team. Okay, quarterbacks, great opening prayer. Quarterbacks, I want you to do one more prayer now. I want you to declare that unbelief is not going to be part of your group. And I want you to say, unbelief, get off of us. Doubt, get off of us. We're going to hear from God. Would you pray a wild prayer that unbelief and doubt have no part of your prayer team? Can you do that right now? Go for 15 seconds. Okay, awesome prayer. That was an awesome prayer. Now, the next prayer, I'm giving you different prayers at work. Is as, as a quarterback then, what I will often pray sometimes, Lord, I don't want to hear from the flesh, and I don't want to hear from just ourselves. We want to hear from the Holy Spirit. And so would you just pray, Holy Spirit, speak. We don't want to hear from the flesh. We want to hear from your Holy Spirit. Okay? And that's key. Or another way of saying is we don't want to hear from our minds. Holy Spirit, would you come and speak? Because they really want to have a time set apart for the Holy Spirit to speak. Would you pray that for 15 seconds? Just grab hands, grab shoulders, and say, all of you at the same time, Holy Spirit, come. We need you. We want to hear your voice and your voice alone. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. The reason that we did that, stay with me, is if you go cold into original design, it just doesn't have the same firepower as if you prepared your heart, prepared your team, and totally went for it. So, okay, you know you're going to pray for it first. And so, quarterback, you're going to pray, Lord, we just asked for the original design. How do you see this person? You, you know them so well. You know them so well. Speak to our team. Give us pictures. Give us Bible verses. Remind us who they are. And then take pause. And then quarterback, ask, you know, maybe in a minute or two, did anyone hear anything? And then begin to share. Okay? Are you ready? Let go. Okay, have a seat. So awesome. Grab a seat. We've got about 27, 28 minutes to go after Jesus. Original design. Original design. Find your seat. As you're finding your seat, I just want to hear from the quarterbacks. Quarterbacks, did you enjoy that? Did you get Did you get a good rhythm? Did you feel like you were able to? Oh, good. Did you get uh, those of us that were listening to God? How did you Did you enjoy that? Did you 
feel like you got some good revelation for each person? Those of us that received prayer, were you surprised at all? Was it like, whoa, there's some serious good food getting served here? How many of us got some, got some serious good stuff happening to you? That's awesome. So original design is so awesome. You guys got to do this to people all the time. Just continue to pray. Learn how to do it when you're teaching freedom. Now, now I want to I bring this to your mind. Is Do you see now how when God gives us an original design, how the enemy will work to try to build strongholds to stop that person? So if you're hearing someone has a courage, they have all this courage. Isn't it amazing how the enemy will work in that person's life that they would be filled with fear? And so a lot of times when we get our original design, it gives us a blueprint of some strongholds that we want to tear down. So is it good that we're tearing down fear this week? We tore down passivity this week, right? Got rid of all bitterness this week. It's pretty awesome. So how many of us today would say, I am ready to pray for others' original design during my outreach? Hey, that's success. Total success. Man, that is awesome. Man, that is so great. Okay, we want to just take a real quick review here. And I want just because I really want you to know this, really get in your mind, and it's super simple. And then we want to talk just briefly, maybe even just 10 minutes, on this on what the Bible says what a stronghold is. Will you turn to the person next to you and say, What is a stronghold? Okay. Okay, let's let, you know why? Because there's so much, this can get so spooky. It can get so wild. Some guys make it so complicated. Let's make strongholds the most simple thing in the world. You could teach a third grader a stronghold, and they would know exactly what you meant instantly. Are you ready to do that? Here we go. 2 Corinthians is our big verse. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. It says, though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. Meaning we don't war with just fleshly weapons. We war with something else. What do we war with? Weapons. And our weapons of warfare aren't carnal, but mighty in God. And what are they for? To pull down strongholds, cast down arguments, say arguments, and high things, prideful things that say and exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. And we do this by bringing every thought into captivity. Say every thought into captivity. So what is a stronghold? When you look in the Bible, a stronghold in the Greek literally means a place where the enemy is fortifying a defense. He's building something, and he's wanting, and what he's building is a way of thinking. Say way of thinking. And that stronghold is where? In your mind. The enemy wants to build a way of thinking in your mind. Say in my mind. So when you say I'm tearing down a stronghold, you're tearing down a way of thinking. Say way of thinking. Okay, what is a way of thinking? Bitterness is a way of thinking. It's a value. And so you brought down that value and said, no, I will not live in bitterness. I will live with a tender heart. Did you see how you did that? Monday, you brought down the value of fear, and you cast it down and said, no, I will live in courage. Passivity is a value. And what, how is a stronghold built? Now, the Bible says, be angry, don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Here's how it works. When we give place to the enemy, what does it mean? We're giving the enemy influence over our lives. And we still are saved. We are owned by Jesus Christ. But when we have a sin of, we're living day after day in the sin of fear, the enemy now has an opportunity to begin to attack us through that open door. 
We want to close that door through joy-filled repentance so the enemy does not have a chance to attack us daily. How many of you have ever had a night terror? One of the best things after a night terror is to bounce out of bed, renounce fear, renounce fear old school, wildly, pace the floor, say some verses out loud, and command that fear out of that room. You don't want to lay there in your bed just kind of like, oh, it probably won't happen again. Because as soon as you close your eyes, usually it happens again, doesn't it? Because the enemy is working, and you've got to take your place. Say, I've got to take my place. Your spiritual authority is in Christ against that stronghold in your life. Now, let's break down a stronghold even further. Say, let's go ESPN breakdown. A stronghold, yeah, no, 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 here we go. Starts with a thought. Okay, a stronghold always begins with a single thought. What, what would be a common thought that could be maybe, a, why don't we have this thought is, you know what, it's really been cool being in this DTS, and I love everybody in it, but I'm just not like everyone else, and I'm not going to ever be able to worship like them or pray like them or do all these things like them. In other words, the thought enters your mind of unbelief. I will never and I can't do. How many of us know that through Christ, all things are possible? So when I say I can't, that doesn't matter because Jesus can. What happens, though, when we have that unbelief? Now comes a moment of decision. But maybe the, the, somebody, a leader, says, hey, we need someone to jump up here and lead the crew in a song or lead the crew in a prayer or prophesy or we need somebody to do this. And unbelief, then you make a decision. I'm not like the rest of everybody. I'm not going to do it. So weeks go on. And that decision then becomes action. You rarely ever participate because in your mind you have that unbelief, I won't be able to do it. You see how the stronghold is built? Starts with a thought, moves to a decision, and it becomes an action, and then it becomes a lifestyle. Have you ever met someone who doesn't believe they can do anything and you've told them 500 times? Does this happen to you? This happens a lot of times with worship leaders. You like somebody has a guitar, they sing a song. You're so moved by the song, but then you tell them like, "Bro, you should do that more places." Then there's then the argument starts. No, I'm not that good at it. Well, bro, why were we all crying? I know, but I'm not that good at it. Bro, why did three kids get saved over there? I know, but I'm not that good at it. How many would have been over the broken record of I'm not that good at it? And it just breaks your brain. You're like. What is wrong with you? Well, what's wrong is there's a stronghold in place. And that stronghold needs to be torn down by joyful repentance. And you have the tools to do that. You have the four R's to go, I'm not letting unbelief. Come on, bro. Get rid of that unbelief. Pick up your guitar and start worshiping God all over the nations. Right? That's the solution. So strongholds start somewhere. Romans 12.2 says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of the world. Don't be like the world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll know what God's will is and what he wants you to do. So when we tear down strongholds, we're transforming the way we think. What's another common stronghold that, that your generation can wrestle with sometimes? Distrust. When we don't trust people, it usually comes out of being burned. Have you ever had to make a decision of trusting someone? Have you ever had to do that? Like, I'm not going to live self-protective, all these walls. If you're a lady, I'm going to make new friends. I'm not going to hold back. If you're a guy, I'm not going to hold back. I'm going to be vulnerable and transparent. I'm going to trust people. 
So if you've ever been around someone who has a stronghold of distrust, it's like they're a walled-up city. They never say anything. You have the four R's to say, distrust, get out of my grill. I'm not living under distrust anymore. I want the class to name three common strongholds that you would love to just see crushed and your mind no longer think along those lines. Anybody got one? Insecurity is one. Shame is two. Self-hatred is three. Doubt I heard is four. Anger. Okay, pride. So there's five of them, one bonus. Go for six. Okay, so bitterness. And so we've dealt with some of these, so we now have the tools to take them even further. But let's. which one should we pick on for the fun of it right now? So many, so many choices. Fight breaks out. Okay, let's think about this on exactly which one we want to do. We'll do a few. How much time do we have? Oh, perfect. How many want to do some speed crushing of strongholds? All right. In your salvation encounter, then, the very last chapter, 13, is self-hatred. Let's take this one as a first shot, see what kind of damage we can do. Get your speed reader on. Turn to the person next to you and say, hurry up. Okay, let's go. Here we go. All right. Just having fun. We're just having fun. Just having fun. Okay. Turn to page 77. Page 77. Are you all there at 77? It says at the top, the thief, Satan, comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly, John 10.10. Whether you're a believer or not, there's a war over your mind, and the Lord Jesus Christ loves you wildly. The enemy hates you, and the enemy wants to convince you to turn on yourself. Let's go down below. How do we identify self-hatred in our lives? Number one, the, one of the toughest ones is suicide. The ultimate goal of self-hatred includes that we would not even want to live anymore. It doesn't matter if I'm here or not anymore. I just want to check out. I believe death is the only way out, and that can lead to either thinking about suicide or attempting suicide. How many of us would love to have the four hours ready to smash the temptation of suicide, no matter how old we are, in the face, for not only for our own lives, but for going into prisons, going into broken places, and saying, let's deal with suicide. None of us should feel suicidal thoughts ever in our lives, in Jesus' name. Let's keep going. Self-destruction is doing harm to ourselves, harming ourselves. This includes cutting, eating disorders, those kinds of things. When we over-binge drink, we're doing it to really harm ourselves, to injure ourselves. We're putting an end today to all that mess of self-destructive behavior, the crazy diet that doesn't need to happen. That's not a diet. It's like a self-destructive behavior. You look great as you are. You do not need to be size negative 16. That, that is not going to help you. I'm just having fun with you. But we're renouncing self-hatred. We want to look at every single mirror and go, I like what I look like every year of my life. Depression, third area, depression. I'm overwhelmed with feelings of sorrow and hopelessness. I can feel alone even when I'm with friends or family. The only time I feel happy is if I'm drunk high or I'm doing something immoral. A lot of times when depression hits in, we can turn to the things of the world. Let's smash depression today, okay? All right? 
And then good old-fashioned self-hatred. Is any way you're deceived into thinking about yourself in a way that has self-hatred, despising our personalities, believing we have no gifts. When we make a mistake or fail, we immediately react by thinking things like, I'm so stupid, I'll never get it right, cussing at ourselves, literally feeling like we don't have what it takes, I'll never be good enough, wearing masks that make people never know who we are. Do you guys see the mess that self-hatred is? Turn the page. Say self-hatred is a mess, and it's time to change my mind. And that's how repentance works. We're turning from it, running the other way, and we're addressing it through simple repentance and putting on the new life in Christ. What does God say about you? Did that original design sound good? Heck yeah. We didn't have any self-hatred in that. So self-hatred is the spirit of the enemy. He's wanting to change the way you think about yourself. He wants you to have kids that don't like themselves. And it's time for you to end it right here and right now. Would you stand up? We're going to beat this thing to death in Jesus' name. Page 78. We're just going to pray a simple four-hour prayer. Are you right, ready? On three. We're gonna, and what we're asking forgiveness for is self-hatred. If you need to put suicidal thoughts in there, you need to put an eating disorder in there, put whatever you got to do. Whisper it under your breath, but get it in that box in Jesus' name. Are you ready? On three. One, two, three. Jesus, I repent for believing the lies of the devil. I specifically ask your forgiveness for self-hatred. I don't want to live this way any longer. I hate the way I feel, and I don't want to live this way any longer. So in Jesus' name, I take authority over self-hatred. You have robbed my joy and life long enough. I rebuke you. Get out of my life. I want nothing to do with you. You can no longer stay because Jesus has set me free from your hold. Jesus, I completely receive your forgiveness for agreeing with the devil's lies. And I know that I'm totally forgiven and set free. Holy Spirit, come and change the way hopelessness and death has filled my thoughts and feelings. And fill me instead with joy and peace. Please come and do it now. I love you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Self-hatred. It's so self-hatred, right? It's a stronghold. We're tearing it down through joy-filled repentance, and we're changing the way we think. Now what do we need to add to our minds? Bible verses. Bible verses. we got to replace how we've been thinking with the truth. Our Bible. What does God say about us? How does God feel about us? And there's a bunch of Bible verses right there. Let me just pick a delicious one right now. I'm going to spiritual Dairy Queen right now to find what I need to find in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me so much. Okay, where would be a great one here? One second. Oh, my. All right. Okay. For Instead of us living insecure then in all this mess, let's read a few verses about being secure. I'm going to read them to you. I am secure because nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. That's Romans 8, 38. Say with me. I am secure because nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. I am complete in Christ. I am chosen, appointed by God to bear fruit. I can approach God 
with freedom and confidence. The kingdom of God is within me. He directs my path when I seek him. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Free from condemnation. And I'll never be separated from the love of God. So this is what I do. This is in the Freedom Manual. I believe it's in the back of Salvation Encounter. Maybe, maybe it's not. But it's these are verses I put in my heart to counteract living under these lies all those years. If you've been living under self-hatred for five years, you're going to need at least an hour or two minimally to get some verses in you to change the way you're thinking. Are you ready to do that? What time do we have? Do we have one more? Oh, we have time for one more speed. Speed freedom. Do you guys want shame? Get it out of here. Where's our shame? Delicious shame. You want a speed body image one? Let's get shame and body image and just go to lunch. Turn with me to page 62. All right. We did some shame with Batman last week, right? Let's just do a once-over treatment on it. Make sure. Take a little mini shower. Make sure we stay free of all shame. Page 62. Guess what? What does it say? Number one, shame is not from God. Let's keep reading. No one whose hope is in you will ever be put to shame. Shame is a result of sin. He who ignores discipline comes to poverty and shame. The wise will be put to shame since they have rejected the word of the Lord. So shame isn't from God. It comes from sin. Say shame comes from sin. If, is your sin forgiven? Then what are you doing with shame? Oh, the Bible doesn't. The Bible doesn't. It's not adding up. Your sin's forgiven. Wait a minute. Let me read this again. Then what are you doing carrying shame around like a little pet? It's like, I love you, little shame. You got to throw that thing like a nasty squirrel with crazy teeth. All right. But what does shame do? Let's look at Ritz Reed, page 62. Shame, number one, causes us to develop shallow and guarded relationships. Right? Because we're afraid that what we're carrying, if they found out, they wouldn't like us as much. Right? That's not true. It's a lie. Say, that's a lie. That is a lie. Number two, read out loud. Shame results in a continuous battle with self-condemnation. Right? Because if you feel like you're a sinner, you're going to act like a sinner and feel condemned. But didn't your sins get forgiven? Then why are you carrying condemnation? We need, we've got to deal with it. It's the devil. We've got to shame the devil. Shame brings, number three, deep feelings of guilt and unworthiness. And that's where you start turning to self-hatred. If you've had sex before marriage, you know, you, how many times are you going to go over it? I mean, how many times, really? How many times? I mean, just nail it to the cross, put it in the coffin, write it on a note, dig a hole in the top of Mount Kinamahawa, put it in there, take it on a boat, put it in a bottle, break the bottle, start the bottle on fire. Or could you just say, Lord, I receive your forgiveness for the sin of sex before marriage and be done with it? That is called the grace of God. It's called the grace of God. So we don't need to carry shame. You're not in purgatory. Work duty is not purgatory, by the way. A student was asking me. <laughs> not even close. Oh, my gosh. 
driving the John Deere. That is not purgatory. They do not have John Deere in purgatory. Purgatory is not real. It's a figment of the mind. Number four, shame has a reminder. It's like a snooze button. It goes off every 10 minutes and says, remember that sin? And you hit it. 10 minutes later, remember that sin? Boom. Just bust the clock radio. This is what you need right now. You got an iPhone. It'll wake you up with whatever sound you like. You can even program it to say, good morning, special fella. And it'll say, good morning, special fella. And you'll wake up like, man, I feel so special. Thank you, God. You can, you can program and say, this is the Holy Spirit. And I'm raining down on you right now. You're like, good morning, Holy Spirit. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Or you can keep your same old nasty radio that says, er, shame, 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 shame. Click. Oh, dang. I deserve it. Number five, shame robs us of the joy of forgiveness and blocks the Lord's healing. I do not feel I can be forgiven for this sin. No, no, no. I do feel like I am forgiven for this sin. Deception and lies. Say it with me. Deception and lies. Say it like you really mean it. Deceptions and lies. Okay. No one else has ever committed a sin as bad as this one. When you're under the shame monster man, he will convince you that no one else has sinned like you have in the world. Just like you, how you did it, why you did it, he will make his case. How many of us know that if we wrote down all of our sins, put them on the top of the tent, we would get bored probably within a minute and want to go to lunch. Like, okay, looks like everyone's pretty much done a lot of the same junk. That's weird. Okay, well, I'm hungry. Sin is boring. Jesus is exciting. Okay. Areas of shame, regret. Say regret. regret. Failure. Failure. Mr. Defeat. That's all part of shame. You feel those, those jacked up emotions are part of that stronghold. Now, I don't know if any of us have taken drugs, but drugs can jack us up. And if we've taken drugs, we talked about sexual sin. Didn't Sunno take you through all that? Did you did Batman take you through? Did you did you do all that? So what in the world are you carrying your sexual sin today for? You it's like you put on nasty socks that smell like real bad. Like potato chip socks. You know what I'm saying? Doritos. Doritos socks. You're like, how did my socks produce a cheesy smell? Why are you doing it? And every time you take off your sandals. It's like the Dorito dust is in there, and it's on your feet. What are you doing? You're forgiven, man. How many of you ever seen someone smell their socks when they shouldn't? That's like a, that's a shame addict. Just like. You know, that's like someone who's, they just need, like, more than counseling. They need the demon to run away from them as fast as they can. They're marinating in sin. All right, team, are you ready to 4 R this shame out of this place? Page 66. Get ready. One, two, three. Lord Jesus, I ask for your forgiveness for shame. I repent of all the ways I've allowed shame to be a part of my life. I see how it's affected me and others around me. I name it as a sin. Shame is not from you. Lord Jesus, I now receive your forgiveness for carrying shame. 
I accept your offering of cleansing from this sin. And I say that I am forgiven. I no longer resist your healing. Instead, I choose to accept it freely. Or in other words, I throw away these nasty socks. Woo! Throw them out the door in the name of Jesus. Get your rebuke on because the demon is real and it's time for him to get the shakedown. All right? In one, two, three. I rebuke you, Satan, for attacking me with thoughts of shame, disgrace, unworthiness. I come against you by the authority of Jesus Christ. And I command you to flee right now. You are a liar, and I will no longer listen to you and your deceptions about me. According to the word of God, I put you under my feet right now, and I crush you and the influence you've had in my life. I replace the deception of the enemy with the truth of scripture. I make these declarations based on the word of God with zeal. Whoa! Here we go! It's breaking up! Let's read a Bible verse. I who trust in him will never be put to shame. My hope is in you, so I will never be put to shame. If I humble myself, pray, and seek your face, and turn from my wicked ways, you will hear from heaven and will forgive my sin and heal me. Very good news. I look to you, and I am, what? Radiant. That's a makeover from heaven. My face is never covered with shame. That's better than L'Oreal right there. I praise God right now for that new concoction called glory. You will give me a new heart and put a new spirit in me. Remove my heart of stone and give me a heart of flesh. Doesn't look like any room for shame in that setup. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for me. I am in who? Christ Jesus. I will praise the name of the Lord my God who has worked wonders for me. Never again will I be ashamed. Turn the page. In four, we have four minutes. We're going to be done at 1128. Are you ready? Some of us have body image, and we're going to go straight to repenting of it. Body image. Turn to the person next to you and say, you look a lot better than you think. <laughs> Praise God. Okay, here's what it is. Number one, we want to repent. See on the bottom of page 70? We don't want to believe the lie that the magazine cover model image is the definition of beauty or manliness. Page 70, do you see it? We don't want to believe the lie that I need to look, bleep, to look perfect at all times. I don't want to wear a mask to cover up the pain I feel inside. I don't want to have to, worshiping myself, thinking about myself more than anything else, self-focus, take yourself out to the garbage bin. Believing the lie the media knows or portrays what is beautiful, I think we could confidently say that is fake news. I don't know about all the fake news, but when they tell me what size my buns should be, I ain't listening in Jesus' name. I'm going to chase after Jesus Christ. You can, you can Twitter that. Self-pity is, don't do it. Self-pity is part of this stronghold. We focus inward. We believe the lies of the enemy when the Lord wants us to focus outward. So focusing inward gets us snared in the body image nightmare. Say it with me, nightmare. So let's repent. I repent of believing the lie. Let's read it all together. That the Lord did not create me perfectly. Believing that I will never defeat the sin. Believing that I will never feel loved and accepted. 
I repent of that. I repent thinking this is harder for me than anyone else. I repent of pride that comes from being self-focused. Oh, that's hot. That's hot. We got two minutes. Let's keep going. All right. Let's go. Let's go. We have room for one more. What shall it be? Praise God. Praise God. We worship you, Lord. Okay? I think for a lot of us in this room, in fact, for every one of us, we just need to accept the fact that we are radically handsome and radically beautiful from the inside out. All right? Now, some of us have been top of page 71. Many of us have been treated unjustly. Do you see that in bold black letters? And have experienced rejection. Do you see that? The Lord has power to heal even the most painful words and memories. He tells us if we forgive men. Did we do that on Tuesday? When they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. We did all that, and we did it like pros. So we repented that day of bitterness towards those who rejected us, didn't we? A plus. We, we repent of believing their curses or their lies, A+. plus. We're not stupid, and we're not ugly. We're beautiful, and we're handsome, and we're world changers, and we've just begun. All bitterness is ripped out of our bodies because we bless them. Remember, we bless them in Jesus' name. Turn the page for the final finale. Repent. Let's read together. And when we're done, let's give a, a cheer out to Jesus and have uh, our guest host come up. I don't know, whoever that is today. Surprise guest host. Who could it be? Who could it be? Could it be Ali? I don't know. Lord, we just trust you'll choose the host by your spirit. Repent. Jesus, I ask your forgiveness for every way that has affected my relationship with you and with others. I ask forgiveness for resisting the truth of who you say I am. I ask forgiveness for every way I've been angry at you for how I was created. I ask forgiveness for body image junk. I see it and call it sin. I now turn in repentance, committing myself to breaking the pattern of fear in my life. Lord, I receive your forgiveness. I receive your sacrifice on the cross. Lord, you paid the price for my sin. You paid the price for my freedom. I receive full freedom from this issue. The blood of Jesus covers these sins. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke the enemy and the hold he's had on me. I cut this generational cord in Jesus' name, and I rebuke the enemy's hold on me in Jesus' name. I replace the deception of the enemy with the truth of the word of the Lord. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am a stranger and alien to this world. I am complete in Christ. I am free from condemnation. I cannot be separated from the love of God. I am a temple of God. I am God's workmanship. Get ready. Create for good works. Let's go. Thank you, Jesus. Freedom. Thank you for freedom. Thank you for freedom, Jesus. We'll see you tomorrow for the grand, crazy finale. Make sure you bring your dance party.